Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Good House 1968. This is Brother White speaking. What I do is read and interpret from the Tanakh. It's the Hebrew Bible. Uh, Before I go into the reading today, I'm going to do a little ministry work. We're talking about here love. First of all, at Romans Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it speaks of love. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in that the Messiah died on our behalf while we were still sinners. So it comes to the conclusion, how many of us have done so much wrong to a person or sinned against a person that it is beyond forgiveness? I mean, if you do so much to a person, they just won't forgive you. But yet the Creator still forgives and loves us. That's one thing we should know and then remember. It says that Romans chapter 5, verse 7, it is a rare event that someone gives up his life for even someone, for some righteous, for some righteous person. So how many people today do we actually see giving up their lives for someone righteous? Not too many uh, you may find it in the military where a person jumps on a grenade to save his platoon or a bomb, but yet how many people in actual life, uh, not excluding the military, do we see actually giving up their lives to someone righteous? I mean, you see, if they saw someone righteous being beaten down, would they actually interfere to break it up <clears throat> or call the authorities to help them out? Uh, If they saw someone righteous being beaten by the police, would they step in and say something? It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 20, When you were slaves of sin, you were free in relationship to righteousness. So therefore you did not love a good person or someone righteous. Because you were enslaved to sin, and sin does not love or care about anything. It only yields death, and this is something we have to remember. Maybe the ungodly are sinners you love, and that, I will say, it does. sin does love itself. Yes, it does. But other than that, it does not love, because it loves to send people to hell. So maybe the ungodly are sinners you love in these way of loving. It says that Romans chapter 8, verse 27, the one who searches the heart knows exactly what the spirit is thinking. So do you not know that God knows or good whether or not you love or have a loving heart and caring heart? It says, so how much more does God know it? You truly so how much more does God know it, and you 
truly, whether or not you truly love your neighbor. So what we should be doing is loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. According to these scriptures, we should love and have love in our hearts for the creator and his creation. It says here at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6, Don't despise discipline because good discipline those he loves. So just as a loving father disciplines his, his seed, Good disciplines us. So shouldn't we love someone as Christ loved us and gave his life up for us? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. So what we're seeing is the love is being shown to us, so we should show the love to someone else. This is what we're seeing according to the scriptures. It goes to say it, Acts 26, chapter 17 and 18. Good says he would deliver his people and open their eyes. He's opening their eyes to love one another. Just as Christ loved his congregation and loved the the righteous doers as well as loved the sinners in order he loved all, had love for all just like the creator. We should have love the same. So how much love does that take us, does that tell us that good had for us? Shouldn't we love our neighbor the same? which is being preached over and over in the ministries, which is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The brothers of the congregation were were received warmly in Jerusalem by the congregation, it says in Acts chapter 21, verse 17. So just as the congregation shows love to one another, we should also show love to one another. Remember, love is the key to living by the Spirit. Yeshua love can build us up, it says, at Acts 20, verse 32, and give you an inheritance among all those who have been set apart for good. So it's giving us an inheritance of love and more love, and it's showing us love by preparing the new kingdom for us and bringing it about for us in the heavens. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 45, Yeshua said, love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. How many of us actually even love or think the idea of praying for someone who's persecuting you? How many of us actually think that we should do so? Not too many. I mean, if someone is stabbing you in the chest or shooting you, you don't think to pray for that person, but you pray because you want that person to change. That is why we pray for that person. Pray that that person changes and becomes a good person, a righteous person, and a righteous doer. And yet, still in all, we pray that good gives sustenance to all, especially those who are righteous. But yet we know, still in all, good provides for the righteous. As well as the wicked, still the scripture says, but yet he provides rain, The different seasons, earth and food for, well, not food, let me correct myself there. He provides the rainy seasons, the sunshine, and those type of things for all. But yet, the wicked, you will never see the righteous because of the love of good begging for food. Maybe the wicked or the unrighteous, 
but not the righteous. So if you're begging for food, check yourself with the scriptures and see if you, there's something you're doing that's wrong to the Creator. It says, how much, how much love does that show us Yeshua had for us? Just as the hypocrites love to pray standing in the synagogues, should you love to pray for those who persecute you? Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. So it's telling us here, even still and all, they may persecute you and pray for wickedness. Still and all, pray for those who persecute you. It says here at Psalms 4, chapter 4, verse 3, Tell us we shouldn't love what is in vain, or hypocritical teachings of the world. Yet we still not love the world, but yet we still love our neighbor and pray for those in the world. You see what I'm saying? So we're praying that they change their wicked ways and that they become righteous persons and serve God and live by the Spirit. All right, let me go to the Bible reading now. And it goes to say in Exodus of Shemot, chapter 2, A man from the family of Levi took a woman also descended from Levi as his wife. When she conceived and had a son, upon seeing what a fine child he was, she hid him for three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took a papyrus basket, coated it with clay and tar, put the child in it, and placed it among the reeds on the riverbank. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. I believe we've covered that. Yeah, we've covered this, so let me go what we haven't covered. Now Moshe was tending the sheep of Yitro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, leading the flock to the far side of the desert. He came to the mountain of God, to Horeb. The angel of good appeared to him in a fire blazing from the middle of a bush. He saw, he looked and saw that although the bush was, was flaming with fire, yet the bush was not being burned up. So this shows us that if God could set a tree afire without destroying the tree, how much so can he protect us from Satan and his demons and demonic works, including the world? Moshe said, I'm going to go over and see 
this amazing site and find out why the bush isn't being burned up. When Good saw that he had come, he had gone over to see, Good called him from the middle of the bush, Moshe, Moshe. He answered, Here I am, he said. Don't come any closer, take your sandals off your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Yeshek, the God of Yoketh. Moshe covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Good said, I have seen how many people are being oppressed in Egypt and heard their cry for release from their slave masters because I know their pain. So it says here, good knows our pain and burdens. That's why we should pray to him for deliverance and salvation and sustenance. It goes to say, I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians and to bring them out up out of the, that country to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the place of Kenanai. Hittai, Emorai, Perizai, Havai, Yeshavai. Yes, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have seen how terribly the Egyptians oppressed them. Therefore now come, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you can lead my people, the descendants of Israel, out of Egypt. Moshe said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? So Moses is actually questioning the Creator about what authority he actually has over his people, or the Egyptians. He replied, I will surely be with you. Your sign that I have sent you will be that when you have led the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, look, when I appear before the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What am I to tell them? God said to Moshe, Iya, Asher, Iya, I am will be what I am will be. And added, here's what to say to the people of Israel. Iya, I am or I will be, has sent me to you. God said further to Moshe, say this to the people of Israel. Good, the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yoakov, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered generation after generation. This is why we should study the Hebrew language as well as its different parts in order to know the true creator's name, which is good, Yahweh, Adonai, or Yad Havav Ha. We want to remember his name as he said. I have been paying close attention to you and have seen what is being done to you in Egypt. And I have said that I will lead you up out of the misery of Egypt to the land of Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite, Perizzite, Havite, and Yeshavite, to a land flowing with milk and honey. They will heed what you say. Then you will come. Then you will come, you and the leaders of Israel, before the king of Egypt, 
and you will tell him, Good, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now please let us go three days journey into the desert so that we can sacrifice to good our God. I know that the king of Egypt will not let you leave unless he is forced to do so. But I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders that I will do there. After that he will let you go. Moreover, I will make the Egyptians so well disposed toward this people that when you go, you won't go empty-handed. So he's promising the people of Israel wealth once again. This shows you how God cares for his people and looks out for his people. Rather, all the women will ask their neighbors and house guests for silver and gold jewelry and clothing, with which you will dress your own sons and daughters. In this way, you will plunder the Egyptians. Moshe replied, But I am certain that they won't believe me, and they won't listen to what I say, because they'll say, Good did not appear to you. Good answered him. What is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. So here Moses questions again the authority of good. Well, he it's his, it's, it's his disbelief because he hasn't yet witnessed or seen the powers of good or had tr- a complete trust and faith in good, but yet he's about to uh, come across this. Throw it on the ground, and he threw it on the ground. It turned into a snake, and Moshe recalled, recalled, from it. Then Good said to Moshe, put your hand out and take it by the tail. He reached out with his hand and took hold of it and it became a staff in his hand. This is so that they will believe that Good, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Yishchak, the God of Yoakov has appeared to you. Furthermore, Good said to him, now put your hand inside your coat. He put his hand in his coat, and when he took it out, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. Then God said, Now put your hand back in your coat. He put his hand back in his coat, and when he took it out, it was as healthy as the rest of his body, which shows good has holds power over healing the body from sickness as well as death, which the Messiah Yeshua showed. If they won't believe you or heed the evidence of the first sign, they will be convinced by the second. But if they aren't persuaded even by by both these signs and still won't listen to what you say, then take some water from the river and pour it on the ground. The water you take from the river will turn into blood and on the dry land. Moshe said to Good, Oh, Good, I am a terrible speaker. I always have been and now better now even after you've spoken to your servant. My words come slowly, my tongue moves slowly. Good answered him, who gives a person a mouth? Who makes a person dumb or deaf, keen-sighted or blind? Isn't it I good? So we're seeing here, yet a lot of people spoke that good doesn't plague the unrighteous or the wicked, but we see here that even, it doesn't say unrighteous or wicked, but because a lot of people are born blind, deaf, but yet this is the work of good for some. It's for them to come to know the, well, for for those who good touches, it's for them to come to know the Creator and that He is almighty and everlasting. 
It goes to say, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and will teach you what to say. But he replied, Please, Lord, send someone else, anyone you want. At this good anger blazed up against Moshe, he said, Don't you have a brother, Aharon, the Levi? I know that he's a good speaker. In fact, he is, here he is now, coming out to meet you, and he'll be happy to see you. You will speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and his, teaching you both what to do. Thus he will be your spokesman to the people. In effect, for you he will be a mouth, and for him you will be like God. Now take this staff in your hand because you need it to perform the signs. Moshe left, returned to Yitro, his father-in-law, and said to him, I beg you to let me go and return to my kinsmen in Egypt to see if they are still alive. Yitro said to Moshe, Go in peace. Good said to Moshe and Midian, Go go on back to Egypt because all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moshe took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started out for Egypt. Moshe took God's staff in his hand. Good said to Moshe, when you get back to Egypt, make sure that you do before Pharaoh every one of the wonders I have enabled you to do. Nevertheless, I am going to make him hard-hearted, and he will refuse to let the people go. Now, we see here that good put the powers of the signs and the staff that he gave to Moses. It's not the truth about having a magical wand that you could perform the miracles and signs that people preach and teach. Only through the powers of good was Moses, uh, by him giving him the powers through his staff, was he able to do and perform those miracles. Remember that. It says, Then you are to tell Pharaoh, good says, Israel is my firstborn son. I have told you to let my son go in order to worship me, but you have refused to let him go. Well, then I will kill your firstborn. At a lodging place on the way, Gooden met Moshe and would have killed him had not to Zipporah had taken a flintstone and cut off the foreskin of her son. She threw it at his feet, saying, What a bloody bridegroom you are for me. But then God let Moshe be. So even still... If God asks you to do something, it doesn't mean he still approves you, as as we see here, with the circumcision that had to be performed. She had a bloody gripe room because of the circumcision. Good said to her and go into the desert to meet Moshe. He went met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Moshe told him everything Adonai had said in sending him, including all the signs he had ordered him to perform. Then... Then Moshe and Aharon went and gathered together all the leaders of the people of Israel. Aharon said, Everything good had told Moshe. Who then performed the signs for the people to see? The people believed when they heard that good had remembered the people of Israel and seen how they were oppressed. They bowed their heads in worship. So we see here that the, 
that their trust is coming out and their faith is coming out. And the people are believing that good is with them and is about to free them. So that is it for the reading. Now I'll go over the vocabulary. So what we've learned from this is that you have to keep trust and faith in good. And even before you see the miracles or signs being performed, uh, you have to keep faith and trust in good. And by the miracles and signs that I'm speaking about, when you see uh, good being done for you by good. Our first word is anaf. It means face, visage. Our next word is anafa. It means the parrot from its irascibility. Our next word is anak. Uh, it means cry, groan. Our next word is anaka. It means crying out, groaning, sighing. Our next word is anesh. It means frail, feeble. Our next word is enosh. It means man whosoever. Our next word is antar. It means thou. Our next word is antun. It means yea. Our next word is ashar. It means king of a Levite. Our next word is ashuk. It means oil, flask. Our next word is Ashun, it means mischief. Our next word is Ashur, it means band or bond. Our next word is Esau, it means band imprisonment. Our next word is Ashif, it means gathering in of crops. Our next word is Ashari, it means captive. Our next word is Asiri, it means prisoner. Our next word is Asham, it means to heap together, a storehouse. Our next word is Anas, as, excuse me, Asna, one of the Nithilim, Nithinim. So they're talking about the giant, if I'm correct. Our next word is Asnapar. It means an Assyrian king. 
right, that is it for my lessons today, and I'm here Monday through Friday, so you can check me out and congregate one of those days. Just remember that there are different lessons each day, so if you really want to learn something, attend every day from Monday through Friday. All right, good, I petition you that you open the hearts and minds of the brothers and sisters. Reveal to them the secrets of the Tanakh and open their hearts to reveal love and purity and good and righteous things. Drive their minds from the gutters in Satan's world, the subconscious mind, and let it produce those things that are beneficial for them, those things that are good and righteous, good things to be performed, good works to do, and all their hands can do. I pray that you give them sustenance and you provide for them salvation and deliverance. And I pray this in all good things for them in the name of Yeshua. Amen.